0: There's a quote that just rocked my world when I first heard it. It's by a pastor named Oswald Smith, and he said this, why should anyone hear the gospel twice before everyone has heard it once? Can you imagine going through life having never even heard the name of Jesus, having never heard the wonderful news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you know that one out of three people in our world today are in that situation. They've never heard of Jesus. That's like 2.2 billion people. At 360 Serve, we believe we need to do something about that. You probably believe the same way. Well, are you ready to hear some great stories about some amazing indigenous church planters in China who are bringing the gospel in power to the least reached people in the country of China? That's where we're going today in our episode. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. Thanks so much for being with us. 360 Serve is about a new way to do missions, which is about praying for and supporting indigenous church planters who live in these least reached countries in our world. They know their culture and language. They're very effective in reaching the unreached people in their country for Christ. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Barnabas from China, where Barnabas will share with us about the indigenous church planters in China who have most impacted his life personally. Are you ready? Here we go. Well, it's good to be back uh, with uh, each of you as you're listening and our dear brother Barnabas from China. I hope you've been encouraged like I've been encouraged uh, and learning about the great things God is doing in China. And today, Barnabas, really excited as I have been in every one of our sessions, but today we're going to talk about pastors and church planners. And of course, we have the privilege of coming alongside of the great work of God in China and supporting these church planners who are really going into these rural areas and sharing the gospel with thousands that have really even yet to hear about the good news. And uh, in this segment, Barnabas, over the years we've traveled together throughout China. I've met hundreds of our Chinese pastors and church planners you've met and you know thousands of them. And uh, this one in this session, I'm just wondering if you can share some stories of the, maybe some of the church planners that have most maybe impacted your life or just some that come to your mind that would uh, give to those who are listening right now an understanding of <laughs> the typical church planner that they're supporting. I mean, they're all amazing. They all are. And uh, so Barnabas, we'd love for you just to share a few stories of s- some of these servants that come to your heart that you'd like to talk about. So thank you again for being with us, Barnabas.
1: Yes. Uh, when talking about the uh, pastors and church planters in China, I will never forget this man. I have uh, met many pastors and church planters in China in the many years I worked in China. One of the leader, movement leader of China. We call him Slow Man. He doesn't know we call him Slow Man, but uh, his story is really amazing. The reason we give him the nickname Slow Man is because he was being bitten and hang out in the snow outside of the police station. Many years ago, he was being arrested And he's a church painter and a pastor for many churches in his region, which is in in central China. I have met with his wife many times as well. One one sentence that his wife always talks about is, slow man is not always home. So when the first time I hear what she said, I was thinking, oh, probably because slow man is too busy working for the Lord planting churches. So that's why he's not staying home. And then I asked the reason why, and to my surprise, and uh, she's saying that he spent more time in prison. So that's why he cannot be home. So I started to ask her, and then later on I met him after he was released in prison. And, and to know this man a lot, uh, we become very good friends. Uh, we talk almost every week on the phone this year, and he's still planting churches. Let me get back to tell you the slow man story. Why do I call him slow man? Several years ago, he was uh, being arrested because of planting churches, because as, uh, he is holding meetings, which the police in China call him hosting illegal meetings. He has been planting many churches in China. And some of his churches are really big in uh, some of the villages. 400 people gather together, not just out in the fields and uh, worship every Sunday. If it's raining, they just bring an umbrella and just worship. Uh, seems like nothing happened. The, the rain doesn't bother them. And so he was being the target, and that's why he was being arrested so many times. So this time, it's quite serious because there are many police come to arrest him during a Sunday service. So he was taken to the police station and later on to one of the prison. You know, the, the prison basically is very simple. It's nothing. They didn't feed you. They didn't give you anything. But he was interrogated uh, for the first night. There will be police like two, three or four taking turns to interrogate him and ask him, many, many questions about the church. And of course, he will not say anything because he will not uh, betray the church. He will not tell who are attending the church, who are the deacons of the church and the other locations of the church. And so he was uh, bitten many, many times during the day. And then it was late in the evening and there are three police guarding him. You know, uh, of course, he was handcrafted. Uh, his hand was at the back and being handcrafted for the whole time uh, when he was beaten. No food, of course, during the day. So in the evening, they were the police, I mean, they were very angry. And then uh, one of the police actually suggests, okay, this man just keep telling us he will continue to believe in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the Lord. He is pitching to us and want us to become a Christian." We will not because we are atheists. We are communists. If he continues to do that, I will hang you out in the outside of the police station. So slow men do not stop telling them the gospel stories. So two of the policemen are very angry. And one policeman suggests, okay, let's do that. So they, they take him out outside the police station and they hang him up upside down almost on one of the trees there and take his clothes off and it is snowing outside. So the two policemen, uh, after finished hanging him up, get back to the police station. They watch him out from one of the windows. Of course, they said they don't want him to die. But uh, one police, okay, if even if he die, I don't care. I'm so angry at him. He, he, he creates so much work for us. I have to arrest him many, many times and he's still... Do not change. So the police uh, kept, of course, inside the police station. And uh, throughout the night, uh, they were falling asleep. And the next morning, one of the policemen wake up and said, oh, this guy is still outside. We need to sh- see what happened. I believe he, he probably is dead because it's so cold outside. slowing. He doesn't have any growth. He have not been eating for the whole day. So they went out. And they still see Snowman is still hanging there, of course, and uh, Snowman still has a smile on, on, on his face. So they take him down, get him back to the police station, and started to interrogate him again. So they said, What happened to you? Why are you smiling? And Snowman said that, uh, You don't believe in Jesus Christ. And you know what? He sustains me. I've been in the snow for the whole night. You, you, you hang me up upside down. It's very difficult. But God give me peace and joy. The three policeman was very, very afraid at the time. They think they see a ghost or anything. He said, oh, okay. Man, you just get away. You're not a human being. We don't believe in what you say, but there's very strange things happen. And I don't want, I don't want you to be here. So they kick him out of the police station. He went back home, get some food, and then within an hour he get back to to the police station. And <laughs> you know what? So he is asking the police. Okay, when you arrest me yesterday in the meeting, you take my bicycles, and I need to get back my bicycle because I lead the bicycle to travel around to share the gospel in these villages. (laughs) You have no right to get my bicycle. Now you released me this morning, an hour ago, and you should give me back my bicycle. And the policeman said, okay, okay, get what you want. I just don't want to see you anymore. And of course, later on, he was still being arrested, but not by these three police. Uh, He was able to bring... One of the police, uh, I think, about a year later, to become a question, uh, because this is this really is a miracle. I asked a Slow Man many many times, "What do you feel when you hang out there?" He said, "The only thing I can do is to pray, and God really really helped me. I was hungry. I was hanging upside down. Uh, for a human being, I cannot I cannot bear it." Uh, but God gave me joy. God kicked out my pain. I don't have any bad feelings. I don't complain about the Lord. I don't have all in my heart. I really have joy and I sing. And I don't feel any cold. My heart is warm. And, and God really sustained me. And because of the Slow Man said that God is really, really real. And that's why I will devote my life, no matter what, no matter what happened, no matter how many times I I will be arrested again, I will serve him because he's so real. He sustains me in the snow. And um, so I tell him the same thing with your story, with your miracle, I will serve my Lord like you do because God can create a miracle anytime when we pray for, and uh, when we are standing firm on a faith to serve the Lord, he's going to help us. Wow. So Snowman become a, a great leader. He continue to be a great leader. That's the Snowman
0: story. <laughs> that is such a great story. What a privilege, you know, for many times have I spent time with Snowman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love him and his smile, like you're saying, his sense of humor. And yeah. the amazing thing, Barnabas, I know you know this, is that all of these Chinese pastors have miraculous stories. When you really begin to, you know, kind of dig into what they've experienced, it's it's quite incredible. Mm-hmm. I know you know this. And these are just, you know, humble servants of God. And I know that through mm-hmm. Snowman, that testimony that, uh, you know, he gained through that experience, it kind of went viral through you know, his life and ministry. And I mean, I know today he leads a movement over a million people are part of this, you know, movement that mm-hmm. he leads and what an honor to support many pastors within, you know, his ministry. So thank you for <laughs> that great story. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, if anyone is going to come close to that, you know, but they all have incredible stories. But is there someone else that, that you could uh, maybe share about uh, Barnabas?
1: Yeah, I can uh,
0: talk about Pastor,
1: uh, let's uh, call him John. John uh, is a graduate from a university many years ago. So he's basically uh, highly educated. And you know, in China, when uh, you can go, uh, all the parents want their kids to do good in school, You know, uh, <clears throat> because if you graduate from university in China, you're supposed to get a good job and get good pay And the financial situation of the family will be improved. And usually sons and daughters are the social security for the parents in China. It's still the same these days. And a lot of the parents, they borrow money from friends, from relatives for their kids to go to university because the government doesn't give out a lot of loans like the United States. So in China, parents are uh, very honored if their, their kids can go to uh, university. And John is from a village. So for a village boy who's who are so smart and study hard, who can go to university, everybody in the village and everybody who know John will think that uh, uh, the world will, is his after he graduate. But John become a question Uh, When he was in university, he was from a Christian family, but his father is not a Christian. Only his mother and his grandmother are Christian. So uh, maybe I should not say he's from a Christian family, maybe half Christian family. So after uh, he became a Christian, a born again Christian in the university, and, uh, God called him to full-time ministry. So he has to make a very hard decision when he graduated. And he decided to trust the Lord and to serve the Lord because he was on fire for the gospel. He shared the gospel with his classmates, with his teachers in schools and got himself into trouble many times. Uh, several times he was almost being kicked out from the university because he's gathering, uh, people to, to worship, to share the gospel openly in the university. But anyway, he was able to graduate, and, when he, and he has to make the decision, and he made the right decision in front of God. But he has to tell his family, and this, uh, this is very hard. So he prayed for about a week, and he, I think he fasted for four days, and then he decided to tell, uh, especially his father, who is a non-believer that he's going not going to find a job, but he's going to become a church planter. His mother, is, who is a Christian, is also 50-50. He, he, he wants his son to serve the Lord, but he also wants his son to bring some money home so that they can uh, pay back the loan from their friends and relatives. And uh, so on the day that he went home and talked to his father, his father basically kicked him out of the family and, and said that you are not my son anymore. I, I, I raised you up. I borrow all this money, and now you are not helping the family, and uh, you, you do not bring hope to the family. You're you're crazy. You're crazy. So it is a very very difficult time for John, but he has made decision in front of God, and and he has no regrets. So. As other church planters, he received a one-way train ticket, and he decided uh, to go two by two with one of his classmates in the Bible school. Uh, so basically, after graduation from university, he 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 take uh, some courses. It's not a two-year courses; it's just six-month courses. And after six the six month, he was sent out to a mountainous area. A slight like Many church planters in China, they go out to the villages and they go up to the mountains to share the gospel with the people who scattered around living there. So John basically walked like five, six hours a day walking because uh, when you go up to the mountains, bicycle doesn't work. So he and his friend, Christian friend, also a church planter, walk every day up to the mountains. When I talk to John, sometimes he, he said, yeah, I have a, a lot of thinkings. I'm kind of like uh, well-educated, and God sent me to the villages to talk to these people. Most of them are not well-educated. And uh, maybe I, I should stay in the city and, and plant churches in cities, but God called me to the mountain areas, so he has been walking up to the mountains and serving in the mountain areas for one full year, and he said that this is the best training he can get. He is talking to people every day, and some of them they kick him out. <laughs> you know they didn 't open the door and and do not want to hear, but he has planned almost. Uh, 60 small group of we can call churches he brings so many people to Christ even he cannot remember but every day walking at least 6 hours and uh, sleep in the host families and sometimes even the individuals for university graduate who can make a good living in china and he is willing to do that and he also was been, has been being a worst Five, six times, but not long, because the police, uh, the local police in the mountainous areas, knowing these two guys are sharing the gospel. So they've been chasing after him and uh, have been arresting them in interrogating tent, And of course, uh, they were being beaten and no food for two, three days. You know, They have been arrested uh, for two, four to five times. I, I forgot exactly. But uh, each time will be one week, and uh, the longest time I think is two weeks in prison. But he ha- he said that told me that he has no regrets, and to serve the Lord uh, full time is very important. And to see how God can use them to share the gospel and and people come to know the Lord is their joy, and they have been planting churches in this mountainous area. Uh, Later on, I've been able to visit some of them. And he's doing an amazing job to plant the the churches. And this small group are still growing. And after uh, one year working in the mountain areas, he was sent to uh, some villages as well, and uh, smaller towns and uh, for several years. He is also planting churches in these smaller towns and these towns are growing. Right now, he's attending some of the training in, uh, under 360-supported uh, training uh, outside of China. And he's still planting churches. Uh, he recently got married. And so we're very happy for him. He's being able to get back to the family. His father is not a Christian yet, but his father accepted him and wanted him to be home and call him son again. And he's working on his father. So please pray for his father. And uh, since he's planting churches in many villages way uh, right now, uh, he's being one of the targets. Uh, several times he was being kidnapped in the morning at 5 o'clock on Sunday so that he cannot go to churches. The police will release him at midnight on Sunday night. So he, he, he cannot go to any churches on Sunday to be a pastor. Uh, but he said that he's still safe. Uh, they, the police doesn't arrest him for a long period of time. And he doesn't know why, but uh, he, he said that God is sustaining him. And uh, he asks uh, for prayers all the time. He's still young. He's still young. But he is on fire for the gospel. And God has been raising up many young pastors and church planters like him. Wow. So please uh, keep me keep in your prayer that uh, he will continue to plant more churches.
0: Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Barnabas. You know, I've met John and uh, mm. just, you know, his story moves us as we're listening to it. And just hard for, I'm sure, our listeners to just comprehend the conditions as they're hearing them that these pastors, these church planners are serving within, but it helps us pray, you know, for those that we're supporting. Mm. You know, I'm wondering if you can yeah. take one moment to just, and we'll close out this session with one more story. And, and I call her Zoe. Uh, I think I know, yeah. you know, uh, who I'm talking about, mm. and this would be a woman yeah. Yeah, a church yeah. planner mm. and you could tell a little bit about her story, Barnabas, just so, you know, our listeners know that, there are men and there are women, of course, who are serving the Lord in China. And this will give us a little bit because these women are mm. just as tough as these guys. And uh, yeah. they're just amazing servants of God as well. And maybe you can tell a little bit about her story.
1: Yeah, Yi uh, so actually has been served in the government churches for many years, uh, the of Church. And so she has been become like almost the top management committee of the Free Self Church in her province in central China, the whole province. So he's like a high-wing officer. You know, Fee Self Church is one of the branch, uh, the government branch in the communist China. But about 10, about 10 years ago, she decided to leave the Free Self Church because they do not preach the gospel. They do not allow her to To talk about the coming of Jesus Christ and uh, her sermon has to be approved before uh, she can preach. Uh, also, uh, please understand that God raised up many women in China to to become a pastor because there are a lot of women, there are a lot of people who lead to know the Lord. There's not enough men to devote their life to serve the Lord full time. So we don't we don't come up to, to debate or to talk about the theology of women pastor, but God has been using uh, many women pastors, and so is one of them. So after she left the Free Self Church, she was being persecuted many, many times. But uh, when I say persecuted, is uh, she has been arrested many times, not long in prison, but uh, it's difficult enough. Uh, you know, imagine if you are in China, you are being arrested, put in prison, even for three days or one week, without much food. And uh, no way to get a sour, not enough, and, and live in a very stinky place and uh, being interrogated every day for many, many hours. They try to get your thinking, they get try to get information from you, they, they will harass you. It's very difficult even for one week. Uh, and she has been facing all those uh, many, many weeks uh, in prison or in the police station many times. But she's a woman, never give up to share the gospel. She will do the same thing to share the gospel after he, she was released from the police station. Usually, a few days uh, and a week, as she has told me. So she started to plant churches outside of the Free of Church, and naturally, many. Uh, when I say many, if there's a 100 people attending the Free South Church, when they when they know that Zui is out, uh, many of them, at least half from the Free South Church will come to Soyuz house church. So that's why it makes the government officials and also the feast church uh, pastors very unhappy and very sad and angry, actually. They, they try to arrest her many, many times, but uh, she said God has been protecting her. You know, she's, sometimes she has to go hiding, sometimes she has to go to other province to share the gospel. She has to make take many challenges, chances. But she said that God is still using her. She said that uh, I may be more productive when I am not in prison. So God is sustaining me uh, to share the gospel. Uh, she also said that uh, very interesting. She said that whenever she wants to rest and stay home, like okay, I'm so tired. I'm I physically and spiritually sometimes. And I want to stay home, take a break for for two weeks or a month, and regroup and uh and then gain back my energy. And uh, whenever she staying home with that kind of thought that he needs to rest for for two weeks, uh, usually with after two, three days, she will get sick and And then she learned that if she is lazy, she will get sick. She can rest for two, three days, but if it's more than three days uh, with, without anything to do, she will get sick. And so that's why God is using different ways to encourage her and to push her out to share the gospel. And uh, so right now, it's the same. She said that she, will, she is not getting sick because she's on the mission field. Many times, the church that she planned is being targeted. A couple of years ago, uh, two of the loca- two of the churches that she planted is basically using like a farmhouse or uh, like a container converted into a church that people can come to worship. The police actually send a off there to take down everything. The the Christians around are backing the, the government not to do that. So. Actually, that happened many times. It's like some of you may, may hear or even watch on YouTube uh, when the Chinese police take away the causes on top of the church building and even the whole church being pulled off away. This happened to her several times. And so she started to group everybody from his church to pray in the wilderness. There's a river, uh, the yellow river. I can I can say that the Yellow River is the civilization of China, and uh, every light at around nine thirty, there will be at least 20, 30 people from her church to pray for two three hours. They cry out to the Lord. They they don't have place to pray, and so they walk out to the wilderness to this um, river, riverside, and then they pray. And I've been to uh, this prayer meeting two times um, in the last couple of years. And they really cry out to the Lord that the Lord will give them the wisdom how to share the gospel in this difficult time. And uh, they they will never give up. They continue to plant churches. Uh, I get message from Zoe almost every week. They are still planting a lot of small groups these days. Uh, it's not possible they gather together uh, with 50 or 60 believers. Uh, but he, she said that there's, there's some location, even right now, they have uh, more than 100 believers, uh, gathered together and she gives baptized, uh, to the new believers. I asked her how many become Christians. She, she said that uh, we did not count how many Christians in China, but we know every day there will be many people coming out to the church and to, and want to know about Christ. And so, this is the situation in China. It's very difficult. People think that with the the government suppressed, uh, taking out churches and arresting pastors, the church will not grow. It's not true. The church in China is still growing. It's because God has been raising up some faithful servant, like, like John, nice like low man, and like Zoe, who are faithful faithfully serving the Lord in China, despite difficulties, despite being a worsted, despite being in hunger, uh, they continue to serve the Lord through prayer and through your prayer and your financial support. Thank you so much.
0: Wow. Man, Barnabas, thank you for that. If you're uh, someone who supports one of our Chinese pastors, church planners, I just want you to know the stories you've heard are incredible, but they're so typical of the pastor you support. One day you're going to hear their story in heaven. Now you get a little bit of their story in the profile you receive when you support uh, your church planner, but not the whole thing. And yet the story that God is creating throughout China, like we've shared with you before, God alone knows the numbers, but some 10,000 Chinese are coming to Christ every single day. And every day in the nation of China, No country has been persecuted more, but also there has never been more of a turning to Christ at the same time than what we're seeing in China. And so, Barnabas, it's just thank you for these stories. I believe they've spoken to all of us. It encourages us to pray and encourages us to support and to partner with our Chinese brothers and sisters to reach China for Christ to the glory of God. So thank you again, Barnabas, for this time. We love you. You're welcome. And we love our brothers and sisters in China. We're continuing to pray for them. And we're very, very grateful for this uh, session. God bless you, brother. Thank you. God bless you too. Wow, praise the Lord. I trust you've been encouraged and inspired by these stories of these church planners serving the Lord so faithfully and with so much dedication in spite of all the persecution they're facing in China. Here's your action step of the day. Go to 360serve.org and support a Chinese church planner for $50 per month. That's less than $2 a day. We will mail to your home the profile of the Chinese church planner you'll be supporting. You can begin praying for this church planner that you're supporting. You'll get to know them by name. You'll get their profile, their testimony, some prayer points. Your monthly support will meet their critical needs, sending them into full-time gospel ministry. You and your church planner partnering together will be bringing the gospel to the least reached people in China. Additionally, we will email to you monthly updates on what God is doing in China in the area where your church planner is serving. These updates will encourage you about the power of the gospel in China and will help you pray for your church planner all the more. By the way, 100% of your $50 per month will go to your church planner. You say, how is that possible? Well, vision-driven Christians believe in 360Serve so strongly, they cover all our operating costs, so everything you give goes. That's amazing. Let me add one more thing. I shared with you in an earlier episode about Barnabas' book. If you support a Chinese church planner monthly, we will mail to your home as our free gift to you a copy of Barnabas's new book. Thank you for joining us in this episode. I'm super excited about our next episode where you're going to hear the story of a miraculous training center that God is using to train thousands of Chinese church planners throughout China. Until then, may the Lord bless you.